Today's show is sponsored by Miracle Made. And oh my God, you guys, you know that I love a luxurious set of sheets. And I now have such a set of sheets because of a Miracle Made. They are bedding that has been inspired by NASA. They've got silver-infused fabrics that actually make temperature regulating a thing. Uh, so you're not like getting too hot or too cold or whatever, you know, the whole thing that happens with your body's temperature losing its mind. Miracle Made helps with that. One of the little things that my husband particularly loves about Miracle Made is that it like doesn't have as much bacteria as regular sheets because of it's infused with this silver that prevents up to 99.7% of bacterial growth. So it leaves the sheets cleaner for longer. And then the thing for my husband is that it doesn't give him acne, which is like an issue for some people. But more than all of that, it's just luxuriously comfortable and delightful. And it has that cooling feeling while also being cozy. Very hard to achieve those two things at the same time. I mean, miracle made. Come on, well done. So here's what I think you should do. I think you should go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and buy some sheets today. And if you order today, you can save 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation at the checkout and you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. So there's just a lot of savings here, folks. Order today, you'll get 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation. And Miracle's so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you're not 100% satisfied, which I don't see happening, um, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and use the code fake the nation to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash fake the nation to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. This is a HeadGum Podcast. Fake the Nation, episode 319. Hello, hello, this is Fake the Nation, where we talk about news, we talk about culture, and where we avoid all mentions of House of Dragons because we haven't seen it yet, so stop talking about it. I am your host, Nagin Farsad, and I think part of parenting a toddler is that it makes me, it takes me like several weeks to catch up on stuff that people have already seen and then by the time I've seen it nobody wants to talk about it anymore and I am perpetually behind uh well you know who else is perpetually behind poor former president Donnie he can't keep up with his legal trouble so we'll talk about that today we'll also look at Tuesday's primary results and we'll ask what fun is and if we're ever gonna have it again and finally weird stuff out of the UK and out of Papa John's pizza chain today's panel Oh, my God. All right. So first up on this panel. Oh, I'm so excited because I see this comedian on the scene here in New York. And I mean, she always kills. So, so funny. She's also host of the podcast Lady Journey. And like I said, just like a stand-up comedian that you must, must know, it is the one and only Katie Hannigan. Hey, Katie. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, so excited that you're here. And also joining us on the podcast again, uh, you know her, you love her. Um, she just released a new album called Moment of Weakness, and it will be touring very, very soon. It's the one and only Peppermint. Hey, Peppermint. Hey, gorgeous. So glad to be back. Oh, my guess. I'm so glad you're here. You're a fan favorite. People always ask about you. So I'm giving the fans what they want. Fake the Nation always needs a dose of peppermint to keep going. And before we get into topic number one, I just want to remind people that you can join in on the fun over at patreon.com slash Nagin Farsad for bonuses. We put out bonus episodes. Um, there's bonus t-shirts and mugs and all sorts of stuff. It's super delightful and I can confidently say, I think, it seems, that the Patreon members like the bonus stuff. So for as little as $4 a month, you can support the show and get um, free episodes. So go to patreon.com slash Farsad. And now, let us get into topic number one. So first off, hot off the presses, this is really exciting. Biden has announced that he will be forgiving $10,000 in student loans. Wow. No. Wah, wah. Yes. 
Smith. <laughs> this just happened as I was coming into the studio. So excited to read about it. Uh, and then uh, there's going to be an additional ten thousand for people who got Pell grants and uh, that were that were more income based. And so. I don't know. What do you think of this news? Do you think it's going to help? There there was some, like, obviously, some progressives wanted more than that. Um, there was some questions about whether it would spur more inflation, because we're in this inflation situation. Um, as a person who is not an economist, but in fact a comedian, I don't see that argument. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, definitely everyone listen to me. But what are you, uh, what, what, are, what are your feelings about this breaking piece of news? I think it's really exciting. I actually um, paid off the last of my student loans with the unemployment that I was getting. So I was calling that my <laughs> DIY student loan forgiveness. So I just missed it. I just missed it. But I think it's really exciting. And I think it's going to open up a lot more money and freedom for people to spend in the economy. Again, I'm not an economist. I'm um, the exact opposite of that. Today, we're all economists. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm an economidist. There it is. <laughs> so I don't know how money works. I think this is like, I'm finally learning how politics really work is that they spend all their money promising you stuff. And then the very like 90% of the time they're in office, nothing happens. And then right before the next time they're supposed to get elected, then they start doing the absolute least i mean he could have mailed everyone like some coupon books from jc penny's 1989 catalog and it might have about the same amount of value i'm not i'm not minimizing how much ten thousand dollars is to people uh that's a lot of cash in in pockets especially these days but when you compare that to how expensive tuitions and loans actually are you know there's not it's it just seems like such a drop in the bucket maybe two drops in the bucket compared to all of the talk that he was giving um about forgiving student loan debt this is not forgiving this is like tolerating student loan debt <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I okay, I will say and this is not this is um off the dome here. I think part of the reasoning behind that $10,000 figure is that there's a very very large proportion of debts that fall in to that figure. And and a lot of them are people that didn't actually finish college. So they're not even getting the benefit of having a higher income from finishing college. So mm -hmm. that so that debt is especially um you know, heinous for those people. Um, now, so I think there's like some reasoning behind that. Also, I would say like, you know, as someone, I, I've paid off my student loans as well, uh, but my husband hasn't. <laughs> We're in the same family. So it's like I still haven't paid off my student loan. So um, <laughs> that's how that works. But, um, and so for us, I think it's, it, it is exciting because of the interest that gets accrued. It's sort of like you can never catch up because of the interest in this. I think this part, this does feel like a dent in that problem. Uh, so I don't know. I, I, I do, I will say that's pretty delightful on top of last week's great. Again, I'm not trying to be, does it sound like I'm being an, a Biden like cheerleader and I'm not trying to be but I do want to just say because we don't take very many occasions to be excited or gleeful about anything I do want to say he's had a couple of good weeks because last week he also did or the, the two weeks before he did the the bill um the inflation reduction act which is a climate bill um and that was exciting mm -hmm. so I don't know I want to I want to just take a moment and be like that's pretty cool. Yeah. Now, Ever since he had COVID, he's been and that's been. <laughs> it's what he needed the whole time. He just he saw the light. The dose of the cove. Yeah. Um. Now here's here's another some more breaking news is about the Tuesday primary results. Now, um, there was like a a bellwether special election district dis in um, New York. I think it was District 19, uh, where. Pat Ryan is the Democrat who won in that district. Um, and it's one of those, you know, districts that isn't necessarily going to go to a Democrat, but it went to a Democrat because he basically, all of his messaging was about putting choice on the ballot. So 
like, I don't want to overblow it, but do you guys want to overblow those results <laughs> at all? Like, were you happy to see that, um, that? Do you feel like this has larger meaning or n nah? This is an upstate. Upstate New York. Yeah, upstate New York. I was going to say, I don't really know anything about it. Um, <laughs> it's an upstate <laughs> district, though, that I think can... Um, flips like half the time red and half the time blue and so yeah by that means it is exciting and maybe it is a little bit of like a you know it's maybe it's in the tea leaves that that is clearly an issue that democrats can campaign and run on between now and um the general election you know it's because it's a major issue roe v wade of course yeah, if you can win in upstate New York, you can win anywhere is the old saying, that right? Saying? That's uh, yeah, that's the saying. And so, no, I do what did what did you think? Were you happy to see this? Do you think it's yes, a big deal? Yes, I think it is good. I mean, it just feels scary. You know, it felt like after in 2020 after it was like, oh, we have a few moments of brief respite. And now as we're inching closer to, you know, more elections, it, it, you know, we've just had the, a razor thin majority mm -hmm. and it just feels like any any win feels like a big win because it's like okay just another little sigh of relief but yeah, yeah but, but yeah. it reminds me of my dating life <laughs> yes it's true it's true <laughs> oh well i um yeah i again sigh of relief i think the other weird primary result is that um in, there's a there's a few. I'll just point out that in Florida, um, the there's a, the the Democrat Christ is going to be running against um, uh, Ron DeSantis, DeSantis, and that seems now the interesting thing about Christ is that he was actually a. Republican. So he ran in the Democratic primary and won. He was a Republican back in the day and was actually already governor of Florida. So, so weird. But then he changed parties and now here we are. Um, what do you, I mean, do you look, Ron DeSantis is super popular. So, Peppermint, you, what do you think of that weird situation in Florida? Not as if. Why is Florida so constantly weird? Like, this is all also weird that we're, right? Like a GOP person who's now a Democrat. What? It's the twilight zone of politics. We all know. But it is so bizarre <laughs> that, like, we're celebrating. Yes, these are things to celebrate. I guess we've been, um, you know, bombarded with such heavy news and, and, you know, unfortunate turns of events for so long that, any little thing we get, the $10,000 per person, you know, compared to the billions and trillions of dollars that we spend on other things, feels like a win in student loans. And then with like, you know, a Democrat who I guess feels trusted in Florida going up against DeSantis, maybe that's the kind of person that would have a better chance of, of becoming a, a Democrat governor in Florida. But it is so bizarre that like all through 2016, all through January 6th, all through this time, none of these Republicans really had much to say. And then all of a sudden, like right before the elections, they're like making their decisions. There's a few people that are like switching. And, you know, I don't know. I, f I feel like they're, it feels very Manchurian a little bit. Like, what is he going to vote for? <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. I mean, I haven't done enough research on him to know his like past, uh, mm -hmm. how long. He also ran as an independent. Stuff before right and i mean you know hey bernie bernie was an independent and you know uh he's a reliably left-wing senator uh so i don't know let let's see what happens and uh but it's an it, it's an interesting race also because like Ron DeSantis is so he's awful oh it's baffling his popularity baffles me because he's unpleasant he's, and that's he's genuinely he's cruel he's just i mean i it's like on the metric of would I want to have a beer with this guy, which I know is a metric for some in the in yeah. the voting booth. Would I want this man to throw a beer in my face? Would I want a man, he... this man to Yeah. I like yeah, like I I don't want him to throw a beer in my yeah, face. I wouldn't I'd would say no thank you. No thank you, Ron. You're unpleasant. Why aren't you more pleasant? That should be I would like that to see that on the I would like Charlie Crist to be on the debate stage with Ron DeSantis and just say why aren't you more pleasant? Like that you should know be what's the main scary? question. Hmm. That the, I was watching because they're because it's clear that like DeSantis is is you know um, 
getting his Angling, pool cue yeah. ready for yes. for the presidency. <laughs> and, yeah. And, you know, he's taking, he clearly is taking some, um, a few plays from the Trump playbook. Uh, and what also like kind of felt a little strange today on the news I was watching, they were saying that Chris is taking some, some um, plays out of the Biden playbook. And I was like, this does not feel like it's going to go that well, I mean, save for the fact that Biden obviously won. Yes, he really did win the election. But I mean, you know, I don't want to see um, DeSantis, you know, being able to call his constituents in Florida and, you know, and say, oh, look how sleepy Chris. I don't want to hear about sleepy Chris. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. Yes. God, please. Um, all right. So let's move on to other weird political news from this week, which is that Weisselberg, uh, who was Trump, the Trump organization's top dude, is pled guilty. Uh, he's going to be testifying against the Trump organization. Uh, I uh, like also this other news about the documents in Mar-a-Lago. 300 of documents were retrieved. They were all classified. 150 of them were categorized as like very sensitive. Um, I mean, truly, I can imagine there being just walloping straight state secrets uh, in these documents. And it turns out they were being held in like random box in random storage area in random hallway in Mar-a-Lago that had a lot of foot traffic. So um, it doesn't sound like the safest place, you know, to, I want to say my own document retention um, uh, is better, is more safe yes. than that Likely. particular. Yes. Likely. <laughs> so, um, so now, so we've got these couple of things and there's the Georgia case that's, that's also brewing. They're trying to get Lindsey Graham um, to testify in that one. There's so endless legal troubles in the Trump world. Does any of this matter? I don't know. I do. I, uh, Trump continues to be the toxic ex to America. And yeah. I do find it at least a little amusing that we've had to now send over our new boyfriend with a shotgun <laughs> to retrieve our records, which he yes. insists are his own. Mm-hmm. But I, I almost think that, you know, Weaselberg, am I saying his name right? Is it I think, Weiselberg? I don't know. Yes. Weaselberg. Uh, he, him flipping. <laughs> also I, accurate. Yes. I think, it, you know, there are so many um, wealthy and influential people that if you start digging into their background, you just start finding tons and tons of illegal doings because their country is just set up in a way that um, Jeff Bezos can do whatever he wants to because he can orchestrate it to be covered. So I just don't know that it's going to have an incredible effect of everyone turning against Donald Trump. I think, if anything, the people that are Republicans are who are invested in, um, you know, continuing to support him are going to say that it's a case of character assassination yeah, and yada yeah, yada, yeah, and yeah, he didn't yeah, know. Yeah. So I don't know that this is the big moment that some some uh, fucking poll that I can't cite like basically looks at all of these things and every time it's kind of like the people who think this is garbage are in it's in the 30s and those are the people that are gonna just vote for him no matter what and the people who are against it it's like always in the like 40s and those are that that's the correspondence to like the negative feelings about it you know so it's kind of like we're just stuck in this this thing of like it's like if you if you if you thought that brett kavanaugh screaming and crying during his job interview was fine (laughs) like yeah you know this is so like the emperor's really dingy new clothes you know like trump cast the spell of saying that he'd be able to shoot someone on fifth avenue and none of his support and his supporters wouldn't care and it'd be fine and nothing would happen. And since then, it really just seems like all of that's come to fruition. I mean, he says he gave up 15 boxes, I think, but they found like over 30 more boxes when they went to Mar-a-Lago. And so like, he didn't even give up half the documents that he had. And so, I don't know, it just, if it's, it's so, it's not going to matter. It doesn't feel like it's gonna matter because this information's not getting to the people who have already like, decided decided when they when he ran originally 
you know, that they were going to vote for him forever. They're going to, they're going to, he's going to be the write-in candidate in 50 years. Like people are just going to keep going and, you know, <laughs> vote for I, Trump I and say- he's like long gone. Like, okay, this is kind of before our time, but I think that there were people in our past that had a similar cult of personality. Maybe, I don't know. Like, I'm talking about Andrew Dice Clay. Well, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Yes, um, yes. presidential candidate Andrew Dice Clay. Um, I would say maybe like Ross Perot or something, who was not like this kind of crazy, but had a cult of personality. Um, Mm -hmm. Maybe he was somebody that people, but I think he was a fad right he, he it passed yes. like people did not continue to be upset i don't know if that's like a, a great parallel but i think i don't know may i'm just a little hopeful that people will be like oh i'm tired of being obsessed with this guy let me be obsessed about something else you know i don't know peppermint i'm hoping it's ron not. DeSantis. <laughs> let me move on to ron <laughs> He, Ron DeSantis, threw a beer in my face so well. and <laughs> I would like to really believe that people are just enchanted by Trump or Trumpism or DeSantisism or whatever else-isms that it really speaks to, like, you know, you know, just their version of authenticity and, oh, yeah, he just says what's on his mind and that's all I'm really thinking about and maybe single issue if they're, like, thinking about any issues at all, you know, it is so interesting that many of these candidates that ascribe to this Trumpism are really not talking about very specific issues, issues no. or policies. Woke. They at just say the word all. work. They're Woke. talking about yeah. drag queens and trans people yep. and banning gays and everybody like groups of people that are like attacking. That's yeah. all they're talking yes. about. And these yeah, people seem obsessed with it. So it's really difficult for me as someone who's in at least four of those groups <laughs> to, <laughs> to to feel like, hmm, is this is this really a political movement or is it just racism, transphobia, misogyny, homophobia, and xenophobia just called authenticity? Like, I can't tell. Yeah. Peppermint, I want you to take yeah. responsibility for the inflation that you caused. Okay? Exactly. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> All right, folks, let me know what you think. Uh, it's, uh, is any of this uh, landing? I don't know. Where is it going? Who knows? Um, let's take a quick break and hear about our sponsors. And when we come back, we'll talk about other things. This HeadGum Podcast is brought to you by Aura Frames. That is right. Uh, from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an Aura Frame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, well. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an Aura Frame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there. And you know what? You can update it with an app. So every time you take a new picture of a sweet little uh, person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A Frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. Headgum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm-hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code HEADGUM at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. 
are back. And before we get into topic number two, I just want to do a little personal business here. I'm going to be in San Francisco on September 27th at The Battery. If you're a member of The Battery, then you can get, you know, uh, tickets to that show. It's not a, a problem. Now, most listeners, I would say, are not members of The Battery. Um, and for those of you who aren't, if you're in the Bay Area and you're available on September 27th and you want to come see my new hour, I would love to have you. And there, I'm going to have a handful of tickets that I'm going to be able to share with Fake the Nation fans that are going to be just totally free. So email me if you are interested at fakethenation@headgum.com, and I will um, choose those people sometime after Labor Day because I want to give a, a couple. I know a lot of people um, aren't on their regular podcast listening in this this couple of weeks before Labor Day, so um, I'll give I'll give uh, you all an opportunity to reach out at faithnation.headgum.com um, if you want free tickets to see me in uh, San Francisco. All right, but if you're a member of the battery, please uh, come and uh, bring your other battery friends. Uh, and then the other thing I wanted to mention is that I'm going to be in the show Gutsy. It is a Hillary Clinton and Chelsea Clinton jam. It's going to be on Apple TV. And I know it's too super duper ridiculous that I am going to be in the show. Uh, but I got to hang out with just one of my all-time um just favorite um, inspirations, Hillary Clinton, um, and uh, for this show that's going to be available on Apple TV on September 9th. So uh, I don't know. Set your alarm clocks. Um, all right. And, and the trailer is out. I just posted my trailer, the trailer on Twitter and Instagram so you could check out the trailer. I don't know. I'm excited. It's, I got weepy. All right. Let us move on to topic number two. So we read a piece by Jessica Bennett called What is Fun? Can I Have It? Will I Ever have it again in the New York Times and in it she analyzes the many angles on fun and the first question she asks is what is fun so before we get into like what she sort of points out in the piece I wanted to ask the two of you uh, what is fun uh, Peppermint <laughs> do you have a, a definition working on that you know, I mean, I thought I knew what fun was, and <laughs> <laughs> apparently until you read it's, this piece, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, apparently, I mean, at least from my own experience, fun is what every guy on Tinder is looking for. Um, <laughs> but none of that includes any of the stuff that I really like to do. You know, I don't know, except for sex, which is fun, but like. There's other things that are fun. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right. It is. It is. It's It's funny because once you ask the question, you then realize that you, you've never asked yourself the question, Katie. What is fun? Well, I have to say, I don't want to get too controversial, but I would consider myself a professional fun haver. Ooh, As a comedian, okay. again, my previous job, private tour guide. My previous job before that, preschool teacher. And before that, host of children's birthday parties. Okay. <laughs> So for me, I mean, uh -huh. we've all had the feeling of like you have to perform and you don't want to because you've just been broken up with. Yes. And you have to go on stage and you have to, by some miracle, bring an energy of fun. So I think for me, fun is a choice that you make. You make a choice to have fun and give a fun energy to the people around you and I so you know reading this article I did feel kind of conflicted because I do think that fun is like a choice that you make I think it's an energy that you bring I'm having fun mm. right now I'm actually having a great time yeah. you know, so thank you that's what I think that's what thank I think. you I'll take that compliment yeah. and if anybody else wants to make that compliment I will also yes. accept it <laughs> um <okay. laughs> Well, let me, let's talk I'm about... I'm having fun, too. Okay, uh, okay. Oh, oh, thank you. I'm the only other person in the room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just say it. <laughs> thank you, Peppermint. You don't have to say that. Um, well, I... So, so... So there's a there's a few different categories that she points out to. Um, one of them is ecstatic fun. So that's something like, for example, if you're... Um, you know, um, dancing, uh, you know, you're at the game seven of the NBA championship, uh, those those kinds of things where it's just like lots of fun is ha happening by a lot of people and you get to be in, in the room for it. Um, and I want to say about actually forgot to define my own definition of fun, which is for me, I know that I'm having fun. You know that moment where you're like, oh, my God, am I smiling? Like, and you didn't realize that you've been smiling? 
that is mm. when I'm like, oh, I'm having fun. Very fun. When it's just like an accidental, I didn't even do this. It was an involuntary smile. It's just happening on my face. That is when I know I'm having a good time. And it's like one of those really fun moments when that when you recognize that. But there's ecstatic fun. And I think for me, it happens a lot in like karaoke where that, where that smile creeps in. Because I find the group karaoke to be that kind of ecstatic fun that can really just rope me in so easily. Um, there's also... Uh, Peppermint mentioned this sensual fun like sex, drugs, escapism. That's a sensual fun. There's contentment fun, uh, which sounds grandmotherly, but it's like gardening, reading a good book. Love it. Sociable fun um, is the one that other people are involved in, um, where most researchers tend to agree there's like a clear relationship with other people in yielding fun across categories. So I guess part of my question for you two is how much do the other people factor into your fun? Well, I found this I found this article interesting because, you know, the person coming who was writing it kind of came off to me as like a person that you get caught in the corner at a party with like oh the world's ending you know (laughs) kind of like a downer almost and you know I don't mean that in like a in a a mean way but it's like you know we all have it's very easy to be like well I'm not having any fun you know yeah yeah, and I think like taking the taking the um awareness off of yourself and putting it on the other people like I want to be I want to be a fun person to hang out with and making it about the other person I think that's a big that's a big part of it but I do think it's the same choice that you make when you are alone say you know for example I travel it's often a nightmare because I'm working in a you know shitty room I'm on a shitty plane and and instead of spiraling in my mind and you know internalizing it um, which I also do uh, as a a a sign of how well I'm doing in my career I (laughs) sometimes Uh instead of doing that I say you know what we've been on the tarmac for three hours we, the there is a blizzard yeah you know what what is there anything funny about this situation and it turns out there is right I want to say I want to say about both of you that you're f- fun energy givers right and I think probably professionally it's part of the package like peppermint you wouldn't be on the show if you were a fucking downer to be around you know what I mean? <laughs> so it's like I don't know how much of that is because you make a decision well, you know, I mean, certainly there is like a sort of default, and I guess I think as performers, we certainly all have it, um, a, a default that we can either rest in or that we can go to that we may, we as entertainers manufacture like the energy and the, and the fee, I guess the feelings that other people experience you know and so th- that's the flip side of the coin of people who are because there's certainly people who who are interested in fun but their idea of fun <clears throat> is just having experiences happen to them only like not contributing in any way shape or form right. and that's not that's not in my brain as you kind of just described like when i'm thinking of doing anything it's often me you know being a little proactive about whatever it is um and so, yes, I do think I do contribute to the fun, but I do, it is probably better for me to get a little bit more skilled at like not wanting to depend on other people or the energy of others to bounce yeah. off of or be around, not only like on stage, but like certainly like, you know, <clears throat> if me and the guy I'm seeing are going to plan a trip, it's going to be fun, but then we're going to be fighting and arguing the whole time. And so then I have to like (laughs) go and have fun by myself. You go to the pool. I'm going over here and it's going to be fun. You know, like. (laughs) Yeah. I, it's so, so it's, it's, it's funny you mentioned that because I like my husband needs more time on his own than I do. Like I kind of never need time on my own. And like, and it's not like he's doing anything with that. Like he literally just, he likes to like take a nap and like, you know yeah. what I mean? Go yeah. on a jog. It's like nothing like it, it crazy that he's doing. I think one of my weakness, like one of, like one of my flaws is that I don't actually know how to have fun 
on my own. Oh, interesting. Right. I yeah. like I like want to have other people around and then I'm and I'm okay like being the catalyst and trying to be like the party starter whatever, right? <laughs> yes. Like I'm fine yes. with that. But I like I like don't know how to be my own party and I think that's an odd like fun defect, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I get a lot of one-on-one um, meaning alone time fun, like with the contentment activities. Like one thing I think is really fun for me um, is to, like I love to put on a podcast and drink like a ton of coffee and just like clean. And right. I know that sounds so, so boring fun. and people are like, oh, <laughs> but I'm just like, oh, my gosh, I'm, I'm cleaning. I feel like I'm solving a crime. I'm just in my own That's world. Great. Yes. I Andrew, feel like please I'm note this yeah. for next time we try it that maybe we won't book Katie because this is just <laughs> now it's now the mystery of choosing fun is becoming clear. I'm like, I just wash my plants. <laughs> you don't do that for fun. But I do think also like having fun by yourself, too, is like like um, she was saying in the article or, or they were they were saying that they journaled they journaled their fun and then they started to find those little teeny tiny fun oh they had yeah. a fun moment there that i didn't recognize i like to do that too like ooh, teeny tiny yeah. fun i like yeah, that like yeah, yeah, yeah. i have a little gratitude practice that i do at the end of the day where i go through any tiny gifts that i get you know like even if you see somebody they smile at you on the street i think well that was fun yeah <laughs> that was a little <laughs> wink from the universe you know that was kind of nice it's like all it's- because we're only getting ten thousand dollars. In- <laughs> <laughs> yes. Wait, no, I know. Like, is Biden's ten thousand dollars student loan debt gonna be on the? Well, that was fun. Like <laughs> gratitude. Yeah. Like, just that's it. Just a little. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, folks. Um, oh, and this is the last thing I wanted to point out that we read in this article that I thought was interesting is that people who have fun at work. Um, are more productive and creative studies show <laughs> and they're and they're perceived um if if you're much more fun you're perceived as more um favorable so i thought i think that's also interesting that like fun actually um ends up being something that could affect your bottom line like in the workplace uh i, I mean which obviously is exactly the case in our workplace (laughs) (laughs) yes truly oh i had a workplace once where i was having so much fun i used to work as a makeup artist at a makeup store chain and (laughs) i was like the fun one and the customers would always come in and i would recognize them and they'd be like hey girl and people would go in on my day off and be like oh it's peppermint there and people be like no they're like i'm leaving and and like they just like had so much fun with me and i would sell them their things and help them do their makeup and all those things and my management really loved that um that energy that bond and that connection but i also was like the rabble rouser and so like when the when i was like you know, when things weren't going right at work, I was the one like holding the meetings in the back room saying, look, if we all walk out now, there's <laughs> nothing we can do. And, and so I think it's kind of risky to be that fun one at work, you know? <laughs> yeah, because because you also end up yeah, be, having that like kind of leadership quality where you could totally fuck shit up for everybody. <laughs> That's so interesting. Okay, well, folks, let me know. Check out this piece. I thought it was interesting to like just even think about the concept of fun and what it means and how many types there are. Um, so let me know. Uh, let me know what you thought. And now let's get into topic number three. Um, We're going straight into the cultural grab bag. And first up is an unexpected item. So when the UK had that heat wave a couple weeks ago, um, and as we know, they're not accustomed to heat in general. So our friends across the pond were like, really schwitzing a chain of cinemas were offering free tickets for any redheads on two days of this heat wave citing them as a vulnerable population um what do you think katie where are they a vulnerable population i mean you're well, uh, you're a little pale i am i am a white and i will say <laughs> i actually do tan well which i'm very different from my brother who um he has uh blonde hair blue eyes and I remember in the summers when he was little, his shoulders would blister every summer. And it was so hard to get him to force him to put on sunscreen. And so I would say like, for somebody like that, it really would have helped him. If we said, you know what? We got free movies. We don't need to be popping your blisters (laughs) for the next three months. 
peppermint is this uh, an honest offer of help for a vulnerable <laughs> yeah, or yeah, I mean, a cynical it, ploy? Where I am, it uh, from from my seat, you know, my little very comfy or sometimes not so my very heavy intersectional chair. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it is it is not lost on me how like strange that is or different it is than when you're talking about like the entire country of Great Britain or, you know, the UK that um, the, you know, vulnerable group um, is like, you know, the the redheads who are the whitest of the white people that are all there. And it just doesn't feel that diverse in this in the in the grand <laughs> scheme of things. Um, but it is England. So, OK, uh, yeah, I do think going look, I'll go. I love how they framed it because it says redheads, you know, like right now I'm a redhead. So I would be up in that free movie theater. <laughs> So I'm okay with dividing it by color. Yes. I'm just, you know, I'm okay with that. With my hair color. I love the idea that there were people out there doing like, you know, full hair dyes to get free tickets to the movies. <laughs> the like same cost of a ticket they would spend on a drugstore hair dye and then it wouldn't end up mattering. I mean, I, I, look, it's a funny news piece and I get and it is true that they hand like your brother like handle Bless the sun. Last well, I have a redheaded friend who just truly like she's wearing like a full muumu every time we go out just like no so that no sun gets on her because she just you know her body cannot take it like and so that's nice um and <laughs> i don't know like it's just it's funny and ridiculous and then also the other funny thing is Europe in general, and in the UK in particular, is just very ill-equipped to handle a heat wave. Like, they just don't have the same heat wave infrastructure. Yeah, what is it that nobody had an air conditioner in the news? Nobody. Yeah. Like, they just didn't get on board with air conditioners because they don't have to. Look, I spent six months in London. And uh, I it's funny because I often brag about my time in Paris. I, ve I very, very infrequently mention my time in London. Why? It fucking rained every goddamn day. It was so, I mean, I had a great time, but it was also fundamentally yeah. depressing. Ooh. And, uh, you know, it's it's funny because my, my, my spirits would lift when it was nightfall because then you didn't know that it was cloudy. You know what I mean? Um, but it's <laughs> so that you wouldn't, you don't generally, you would never ever in a million years really need an air conditioning, you know, in the UK. Um, and so I, I spent a month in Edinburgh and I wore sweaters in August. Uh, sweaters in August. Okay, that's what we're talking about. So that's generally the climate. Global warming is tough on countries that didn't, you know, like latch onto air conditioning the way Americans did. We, you know, we have a lot of brutal summers in America, and we've had for a long time. We've all seen Mad Men. So we remember the summer scenes. Um, yeah, but Britain yeah. has been far behind. I'll just say it. My first time to the UK was in 2008, which is, in the grand scheme of things, not that long ago, yeah. especially considering global warming and everything. And I had to, I, you, I was searching high and low for a damn ice cube to put in my drink. Oh, they don't and do so ice cubes, yeah. They don't do ice, so they're far behind. Honey, the coolant is what we need to be talking about. And I'm sorry, okay. we're yeah. here, but let's talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you know what? Cinemas that was offering free tickets to well, Redheads. You know, where is your offer of coolant the, to the pop? Yeah. Just general. What if the cinema didn't have air conditioning? <laughs> <laughs> it's just purely shade. Was, they're yeah. just trying to get people into the theaters because everybody's streaming from home. It, that's a ploy. <laughs> but it would yeah, be yeah, beneficial yeah. for everyone if they if they're only allowed to see a certain film, uh, a progressive uh, yeah, 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 film. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, you and you, you have to go into the theater and you have to watch yeah. Al Gore an inconvenient truth. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, let's look at another item from the cultural grab bag. This one's, a, um, you know, like, 
the cultural grab bag can be so dumb. And this piece is is that uh, Papa John <laughs> announced something called the Papa Bowls, which is basically pizza toppings in a bowl. Um, no, no crust. So it's just, a, I guess, a bunch of just sort of vegetable and cheese goo. I'm not sure, but it is a bowl. There, It is not technically a pizza anymore. Uh, what did you, <laughs> Peppermint, um, what do you think? I don't know. Do I don't think I would it? eat that. I, I would not think. try. I mean, listen, I do eat pizza. I have had Papa John's pizza. I'm down okay. with eating pizza. I'm yeah. not down with... I just feel like having this in a bowl without all of this normal fixins and setup yeah. would make would really highlight just really what's the quality of this cheese and these vegetables are they really real like I would start looking at the vegetables to see like My, uh, so are you do they like feel this fresh Papa or? John's source from farmers market yeah is that yeah <laughs> <laughs> no I know would you try it I wouldn't no and I I did actually um I got a little uh peep at it looking online and it was wasn't even really a bowl it was just a little cardboard box like a flat surface yeah Yeah. it just looked like a um inside out hot pocket it looked totally unappetizing and i have to say papa john's uh, papa john's i haven't liked them yeah i never really liked them and then you know it's just kind of gotten they've gone down further and now they're at the level of dominoes to me right um wow i didn't know i guess so i guess papa john's had it had always been higher than Domino's. I, 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 I think at know, one point I didn't know point. the Papa John's Domino's hierarchy. Actually, <laughs> come to think of it, I had never really. But I, I here's my my theory on this is that it's all a part of the no carb craze. Yeah, the way they it described it is like we're trying to get people quote excited about pizza again, which is just hilarious because there's no actual pizza involved in the bowl. But yeah. uh, the they need to give this to the girl who wants to have fun. I think they should. I think they should just be like, look, we want people who don't want to eat carbs still to come to Papa John's and this is our way of doing it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That would be a more honest to me marketing yeah. thing of just like we do. So we're doing these bowls it, it that are like there's no bread and you just basically scoop up like a pizza tone in your mouth and uh and that's what it's it like, is this is for the person who is like eating a full ball of mozzarella yeah you're doing yeah, yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah exactly you're starving and then i you're do like, have no, those I have friends this. i do have yeah. those friends a girlfriend of mine says she loves cheese and i was like oh great and then i go to her house and like she's inviting me and she's like just cutting cheese and eating cheese and it's like right, you want cheese she- and i'm like oh <laughs> <laughs> like yours, yeah, yeah. No, there's no cracker involved here. Or... No, it's just like cheese <laughs> and cheese and cheese, and like she'll dump as much parmesan on her meal as there is like spaghetti in the bowl. Wow. I I also want to say there's just been a I think, and this is it purely anecdotal, but for my eyeballs, I feel like there's been a huge uptick in bowl formations yes it's in true. the last four or five Thanks years okay, general. yeah oh yeah. Uh, yeah chipotle may have been a leader in that front and then it seemed like america maybe wants to use more utensils let's all do bowls bowls seem more healthy even though they in this case it's definitely not right like <laughs> yeah in this case it's who knows I think also the the whole like 2020 of it all really kind of affected how we eat our not real, not organic fast food that we're getting delivered anyway, because before it would maybe get delivered by like a professional pizza delivery person. But now on these apps and things that stuff, the food that we're getting, we're getting a lot more like deliverable stuff at home. And I now they have that box on all the food delivery apps that says check whether or not you want utensils. Yeah, and they're yeah. not giving the utensils. Yeah. All right, this yeah, is a whole yeah, other yeah. situation. <laughs> I'm clearly triggered. <laughs> All right. Well, folks, are you out on the streets right at this very moment listening to this podcast and ordering yourself a Papa Bowls? Hit me up and let me know. Are we wrong? I mean, we've been pretty negative on the bowls. Um, I would, but I, I have to say, I haven't tried them. So it's unfair. It's unfair mm. to be so negative. But I did just want to point out this um this interesting 
uh, innovation, if you will, in pizza technology. Yes. Uh, an innovation called removing the pizza. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. And all right, folks, that is the end of the show. Look, I want to really honestly and earnestly say that I had fun. Oh. There was... A secret creeping smile on my face from the moment <laughs> you started talking, the two of yous, and it just indicated how much fun I was having. Thank you so much for being here with me today, and I would love for people to find you and all the wonderful things they do. Peppermint, where do they do that? Nikki, thank you so much for having me back. This is always so much fun. Y'all can find me on all socials at Peppermint247. And make sure you go to my website, peppermintonline.com, to get tickets to my upcoming tour, supporting my album, Moment of Weakness. I'm touring all over the U.S., North America uh, this fall. I'm so excited, and I hope you do like a big, splashy New York show because that I really want to yes. know. Oh, oh, I should say, God. my girlfriend, uh, my sister, partner in crime, Juju B, also from Drag Race, is now joining me as a co headliner. So we are joining our oh. two tours together. I, I definitely need to say that. Oh, my God. <laughs> and yes, so we'll have fun. Show. That just makes it that all the better. I mean, I'm so excited. Everyone, join me in going to Peppermint's shows. So, so, so exciting. Uh, Katie Hannigan, where do the people find you? Oh, yes. I am at uh, Katie Hannigan Forever on Instagram. And But I would love it if you would find my podcast. It's Lady Journey at Lady Journey Podcast on Instagram and TikTok. We are on all platforms and we also have a YouTube page. And it's just a fun podcast, not necessarily just for ladies. It's about the feminine um, journey that we all go on. You know, for example, when you um, get violently into overnight oats for a week. Yes. You tell everyone, mm-hmm. you say, this is who I am. And then you never speak <laughs> of it again. So that's kind of what our podcast is about Why in a nutshell. Why does every, everyone get into an overnight overnight oats phase? I, it is a mystery. And it's also very undiscussed. I thank it's, you for bringing that so issue good. to the floor. It's powerful. It's a powerful transformation to yeah, go through. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. you come out on the other side and you're the same. You come out on the other <laughs> side and you're like, was that a mango compote on top of my overnight oats? Yes. I don't even, right, my yes. mind is utterly blown. <laughs> Folks, as you can tell, Katie is so fucking fun and funny. Definitely uh, subscribe to that podcast. And when you're in New York, Go ahead and look up her, I don't know, website? Yeah, katiehannigan.com. Yeah. We're always reposting our, 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 our spots uh, around the clubs in New York, and you should definitely check her out. All right. And you know where to find me and all of the things that I do. Just a reminder, I'm going to be on September 27th at the Battery in San Francisco. So hit me up if you're interested in that, but you're not a member. And also Gutsy, September 9th. And what I would really like to do is thank all the people that make Fake the Nation possible. That is our wonderful producer, Andrew McGuire. Hey, Andrew is in the hey. room. Um, and also our wonderful sound engineer, Stephanie Aguilar. Woo, Stephanie! And I would also love to thank everyone at HeadGum that makes this show a possibility in the beautiful studio that they let us record in. And, um, oh, God, the altar wrote our theme music, and he's a genius. Um, and if you want to email us about anything, it's fakenationheadgum.com. The Patreon, again, is patreon.com slash Farsad. And we will be back in your earballs next week. That was a HeadGum Podcast.